Well, hello and welcome to the 180th episode of the Adoption Podcast with me, Al Coates, and the Adoption Podcasting's answer to Captain Birdseye. <laughs> I was just a Chalmers last year. So. Uh, yeah, well, yes, yeah, so a nautical theme. Perhaps yeah, anyway, uh, Scott Casson running. You are looking bronzed and bearded and quiffed. Godlike. Godlike. Adonis, like I don't, I don't I'll tell you, <laughs> don't about Adonis, but yes, thank you for the compliment. I will take it. I will yeah, you're looking chiselled and like one of those um, silver surfer men type, aren't you? With your beard, is looking very pointy. And yes, very... it is actually. I've let it grow out a little bit. I'm it's thinking about going for a, one of them Viking beards. You know, the really oh, really oh well, hard. well that'll be the the thinking man's. Adoption crumpet. I don't know what I'm it would, saying. It would be Captain Burzai, wouldn't it? Because he had like it a, would one be. of those beards. Yeah. So yeah. then you can, yeah, you can nickname him. Absolutely. That. Absolutely. And we'd be beating men off with a poopy stick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how are you, Scott? Yes, I'm fine. Thank you, Al. I'm very, but no, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to go there because I know there's no sympathy involved in, in this conversation. No, no. Um, My yeah. social media has been filled with um, uh, you in exotic climbs. Yes, That's all I'm going to say on the issue. Mm-hmm. I know, absolutely. I know. Lots of lovely memories made. Lots of good new friends made. Old friends met. Old friends surprised when we went away, so they didn't know we were going to be there. So yeah. that was nice. Well, I was going to make a quip about cruising, but then I realised it was slightly <laughs> inappropriate. Mm, very inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how would you know what that meant anyway? Well, I've just googled it actually beforehand, <laughs> which was with no, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't click on images, did you? Well, <laughs> or videos. <laughs> How did you lose your social work registration? Well, <clears throat> well, I, once again, yeah. I blame Scott. I uh, googled ham, hamster teeth or whatever it's called. I can't remember. <laughs> One of the heath in London is notorious for um, that sort of thing, shall we say? Yes. I shenanigans. Yeah, anyway. But yes. Um, yeah. But, yeah. You know. Anyway, it's we, not that kind of cruising anyway, so... No, no, it wasn't. Well, one, yeah. one presumes not. One, no. no, it's a terribly modern world. It's um, very modern world. Scott, I feel like I was actually looking, and you know, the last time we had a sort of a, just a standard you, me, in a subject podcast was probably the beginning of December. I can't even remember, maybe even before then. So I thought, um, uh, other than having a bit, of, well, a bit of news, a bit of catch-up, then I thought we would delve into a, a subject that seems to have ignited some passion. So... What, where are you on the news front? How is things FASD Island? Um, you were expecting that question, were you? you... No, I, wasn't. I actually wasn't expecting that question because it's just been um, super, super busy with just normal things, like everyday things, you know? And, and oh, yeah, there's... Don't start me off on your everyday things, well, mate. I, well, actually, because over Christmas, I, well, this is everyday things. So over Christmas, we decided that we were going to get on top of all, all the subscriptions that we have to um, various things like Sage, which is our accounting system, and uh, Zoom and Eventbrite and all these sorts of things that charge you the air <laughs> to use them. Cruising um, monthly. <laughs> <laughs> You're making it sound like FSD Ireland pays for my cruises. It bloody well doesn't. I'll tell you, my credit card, my credit card company, I'm ignoring their calls, believe me. So, um, but yeah, um, so we decided to get on that, which actually caused a little bit of a, a kerfuffle when I was away, didn't it, Al? Because oh. in typical, typical Al Court style, didn't really read the writing on the tin, did you, mate? 
Oh, I, I've shamed myself. I've shamed you. I've brought yeah. disrepute to the organization. Scott, I, I forgive yeah. me. Tell a tale. Yeah. Tell them what I've so done. I'll tell a tale. So, so essentially, over Christmas, you decided to get on top of all that sort of stuff. Because as an NGO in Ireland, and all around the world, I guess, you know, you can apply for um, a status with all these organizations to get either half price or just basic big discounts off your your subscriptions yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And um, of course, the, 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 the podcast uses Zoom. So Al and I have been um, paying for Zoom out of our own pockets for the last however many years. Six. Yeah. Um, and um, also when FASD Island um, first started, we, you know, Al and I, kindly gifted FASD Ireland the, the Zoom platform, didn't we? That so we did. There was yeah, a, so, the occasional moment where the podcast sort of there was a sort of a, a hybrid a mashup crossover where we didn't <laughs> I arrived in a high Al, Al coach popping in the meeting with ministers and government <laughs> departments. <laughs> oh, wrong meeting. Yeah. Out. Um, yeah. Sorry about that. Um so yeah so we got we got the Zoom one when we were away but, but of course Al didn't really listen. But Al does this a lot. I think you'd have to agree that sometimes you read stuff, but you, it doesn't really go in, does it? So um, That's very kindly then, put. It could be yeah, put much worse than that. Yeah, it could be. And of course, the number of emails on the uh, podcast inbox from Zoom saying that your subscription is going to cancel on this day. <laughs> <laughs> and of course... <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Now, that, yeah, yes. that makes so much sense now. Yes. yes. So anyway, they were ignored as well. So um, yeah, so I got some very <laughs> frantic messages when I was abroad saying... Um, have you cancelled the Zoom? Um, yes, I have, Al, because we discussed this like at the beginning of January because we managed to get it for cheaper um, at FSD Ireland. And then we, me and you personally don't have to pay for it anymore. Um, and of course, um, all, all of the meetings and stuff that you were intending to have couldn't happen because <laughs> you couldn't record anything. Oh, yeah. I had a proper moment. I had a guest and, and, and the zoom was just like not i think it's not something funny is happening zoom and then it just it just literally kicked it out halfway through so i had to apologize deeply to my guest but yeah. that's fine yeah. oh, that's but anyway, exciting, it's, isn't it? it's fine well it's, it's fine because now. actually fixed. we're yeah it's all fixed now and actual fact we're we're getting what we deserve in terms of you know funding from these organizations and that's really useful as well um it's not just useful for fsdr but it's useful for the podcast as well because now you know after six years of us paying for it we can obviously um take advantage yeah. of that with um because let's face it we do the podcast for the fsd island as well and various other bits and bobs like some of the yeah. training because you've been doing some great training for um for us through fsd island oh been... and i had a disaster didn't i halfway you through did, oh I tell you honestly i had a week i we had i should, we had... i can never go away again i go away for for a week and it just all oh, goes to pop i saw texts from me furiously where are you well what are you doing I mean, you're on a sunbed with me furiously texting you. Um, yeah, we yep. had the power cuts. That was that that there was chaos, and you know how power cuts are like like an hour or two hours, and this was mm. it. It was through the night on Monday, whatever the date was, and um, and then by lunchtime it wasn't on, and there was sort of a free ton of everyone's got power cuts in the area, and yeah. the, no one was getting them on, and then and so I just thought, oh. This isn't coming. This isn't coming back on. And the the power company said this isn't coming back on. You, you've got another twenty four hours to go on that. <laughs> so we had this mad moment where I was like trying to find it. It was like I was like a modern day Joseph in the nativity story trying to find a place for my lovely wife. And um, <laughs> uh, and the, the assorted animals. No. Yeah. Um, 
Well, so sorry to find a disabled room. That's, I was like, going to say that's some way to describe your children and a disabled person. But... Yeah, that's like really badly. And I, I like to think this is the episode where I lose my registration of yeah. looking through the contents. Um, and so I managed to find somewhere. So I sat at home and just, um, I just sat in the dark. <laughs> now, can I just ask, though, did you yeah. have uh, like 4G? Yes, I did have 4G. Oh, you did? Okay. Because uh, like the majority of Ireland was also at, at the same time because it was that storm that went over. Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. I wasn't here, so I have no experience. And unfortunately, the boys experienced a storm as well. They had no power, but they also didn't have any 4G. So I said to Brandon, I said, oh, well, what goodness. did you do? He said, he said, I lit a fire. Well, that was like the first thing that I started panicking about because I was thinking, okay, he's, li- he's lit a fire and we're not there. And he's, he's only 24. <laughs> oh, good grief. Uh, and I said, so what did you do? He said, I just lay under a blanket and went to sleep in front of the fire. I was like, okay, that's cool. And I said, what about Jacob? He said, oh, Jacob stayed in town until 11 p.m. <laughs> I was like, for goodness sake. Oh, it's terrible. So, but, but even like the lights on the motorway and stuff were out here. So I don't know if that was the same with you guys, but yeah, it's um, very strange. I, they've never experienced anything like that before. So it was, I think it was um, quite a, a new experience for them. Well, it was odd because it was like resetting to back to when I was a teenager. It was like, you know, not, there was no telly, but it was like, all right, well, I'll just read a book. Uh, so I read yeah. a book for a bit. A book oh, I, got I didn't for think Christmas. they could do that. Actually, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. a good point. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I got my guitar went... out. Oh, did you? Oh, did you <clears throat> have to find a duster first? What? Yes. No. And... Oh, I, I got my guitar and I played a little. Diddly, diddly, diddly. Anyway. Yeah. Bit of kumbaya. Anyway. Bit of kumbaya, my lord. The only thing I will say, the only negative about um, not being here when there's a power cut is they've used all my good candles. So I'm not a happy camper. <laughs> All, so all my posh ones. Any Yankee? <laughs> you know, the one, no, the ones for Christmas. You know, the ones in the candelabra. <laughs> so it's the best lit house in your little neck of the woods. Well, that's champion. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anywho, so there's been lots going on, lots of news, as always, to catch up with. Um, mm-hmm. Our our spouse's podcast was well received. Three or, three or four people listened to it. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, that was, yeah whatever. Yeah. Nobody, yeah, yeah. Nobody's bothered, do they? That's right. Um, so can I give it a quick news update? Yeah, go Things on. that have been happening. So the first one is I contacted Helen Hayes, the Shadow Children's Minister, if she would come back on, and she said no. Um, <laughs> and I said, oh, please. And she went, no, I really no. meant it the first time. <laughs> I did see those emails, actually. It, was just, it uh, did make me chuckle when it was like a no, and I saw you reply again. I was like, I bet he's chasing her now. He's going, um, excuse me, what do you mean no? Well, I was a bit put out because I thought, actually, uh, I sort of said, you can come on, and I don't, I said, this is what we'd like to talk about, but, you know, obviously we're right to election year. What's Labour's offer, you know, to yeah, our community? Yeah. Um, and she and they said, well, we're just focusing on campaigning. And I was thinking, well, that's campaigning. So I emailed back and went, yeah, that. And they went, no, no, she's busy. She's, I don't know. Maybe she's... Filing her nails or something. <clears throat> oh, I don't know, doing important shadow minister things. Who knows? Anyway, so that's that, that not as coming nothing. And um, the other thing is um, I met the children's minister, which was, um, he's massive. He's like, you know, one of those people that's, they're just bigger. So he's like maybe six foot four. And he was just like, he was like a big sized human. Made me feel like a child. Um, And he was very convincing. But to be honest, I have no much, I don't want to add much more than that. Because actually, he said all the right things. You put it in the notes and I don't even recognize the name, to be honest with you. Uh, David Hodgson. That could be the wrong name. I keep forgetting and then being embarrassed that I'm forgetting. Um, We're in the death throes of the Tory government. So I... I think he made the right noises. He he seemed genuinely interested, but of course he would. He we said we 
Yeah, I was a bit put out that we'd I'd sourced lots of questions and I'd worked really hard to get some questions and he didn't answer them. He right. said, oh, well, these are really complicated questions. I'll answer them by letter, but there's no letter. Um, and when that comes, I'll pop that on the on the on one of the pages and things. Um, and we and so it was a generally a good meeting. But you can go on my uh, Facebook page and see what I've said there about that. I don't want to rehash that. Um, the other thing I would like to add is a little, a little bit of a kind of network that you know the parish notices. Um, the home office home office consultation into child to parent abuse is still available up until the seventh. So this podcast will go out on the um, third. So please. If you get a chance, if you haven't done it, do it. I'll put a link in the notes. Um, and the final one is um, check out our Facebook pages. I thought, check out our, we've got an adoption fostering Facebook page. So come and check it out because oh, the engine of today's, tonight's episode has been the Facebook page. Lots of fantastic comments and occasionally we have fights. And we've even got our Facebook chat group, haven't we, where we, what do we do in the, we don't do an awful lot, but when we do do, it's usually, it's usually, um, well, actually well, we do I, do things in yeah. that group. Yeah, well, I think I think as well. I'm for me, Facebook pages. Um, well, Facebook groups, should I say? I'm, I'm a member of so many of them these days that it's hard to keep up with what's going on. In which, and also because for me, I don't turn on my notifications. I have my notifications off on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all of those things. It's only very sensible. Well, I think it is because actually you can get so caught up in it. Plus, all the algorithms do is send your notifications to get you go on. So I'm sorry, they're not they're not getting me. They're not getting me like that. Anyway, um, but when it comes to the groups, I think that normally these groups are quite um, they're self kind of you know the users would be the ones that use them. Um, yeah. Our group specifically, I think we we sometimes get people posting in there about other things. So uh, not not. I don't mean not adoption related. I mean or fostering related. I mean it's just like not within our kind of skill yeah. set. So it's um, sometimes we get some stuff from adoptees who are holding events and stuff as well. So there's there's a, yeah. but it's adopt it's, it's events are led by adoptees. Adopt adopted parents can go to if they want to. And I'm assuming that you can you know keep yourself in the DL that street for Darno. Um, oh, nice, nice, nice. I'll, I'll, I'll just make a note of that. Yeah, DL. Yeah, keep on the DL. Excellent. Um, but yeah, um, but yes, you're right. Our Facebook page it seems to be um, the place to be at the minute. Um, from yeah. what I saw out there, anyway. Well, yeah, we. So I was. I've been having this this sort of. Um, I've, I've constantly I'm having these thoughts around what is therapeutic parenting, and I've yet to find sort of a definition that really scratches the itch. Mm. Um, and so I, I'm constantly wondering about that, and I've been also thinking about this notion of good enough parenting. Have you heard of good enough parenting? Is that a phrase here? So it's a no. kind of a social care. It's about how do you measure whether parenting is good enough? And it's this this notion that comes from a guy called a, um, a British psychologist or pediatrician called Dr. Donald Winnicott, Donnie W, um, in the, back in the day with a bull beyond them. And it's this idea of uh, he used the phrase good enough parenting. It's one that's kind of stuck in social care. But I wanted to start with a question to you, Scott. Mm. So this is we haven't prepared anything, and you you've seen no. all the comments and stuff, but you you well so, I haven't really, but yeah, I know they're there. And you so. you like to come to these things fresh and sparky, don't you? You like to yeah. react. I like to answer off the cuff, you know. Yeah, in it straight, and then regret it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, and then have, we have to edit and send out letters <laughs> to lawyers and things like that. And would you describe yourself as a therapeutic parent? No. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. 
No. I used I used to think I was. Oh. Um however, I like you and we've discussed this a couple of times but not for a while actually because we did discuss this a couple of years ago, didn't we? <laughs> I don't know if we did it on the podcast or whether it was just having a chat about it or whether it was some of the training that we did but I think when I started to understand the definition of being a therapeutic parent, I thought mm, maybe that isn't me. And um and what I mean by that is I think just the definite definition in itself and all the kind of backgroundy stuff if you look into it, apparently you need to be properly trained to be a therapeutic parent. Um and Really? Well, that's that's kind of what I was picking up from it. That was the kind of the way I was reading it. You know, and you know me in reading. I mean, it, it didn't have a scratch and sniff for a pop-up, so it was all proper words, all big people's words. That I, you know, just, just man attempted to get a mental image out of his head. Um, but uh, no, I, 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 I think that I don't know how I describe my parent because I guess there is elements of the therapeutic side to it, but I think that. It's, I, I think I think it's an adjusted technique that I use rather than being therapeutic because it's not can always we, can I, I, we I don't think you can that, the, the, no you can't you can do what you like you stick up your backside for a lot here because that's just the way I'm describing it isn't it so, sounds fantastic the Cass and Rennie adjusted technique yeah. but it is because I'm not always therapeutic I'm not always therapeutic myself either um in terms of you know how I you know, like the self-care model and all all those sorts of stuff. So oh, I think okay, that... then. So maybe we've. It's the wrong question I've asked. Is what is therapeutic parenting? Because you're talking about your understanding of a definition, and I think that's that's kind of the bit that I find really interesting. Because, and I'm I'm not asking you to kind of try and recall word for word this definition that you that mm-hmm. that, re, that made you reclassify. But how would you define by your standard? I'm not looking for an academic. But what would you describe as a therapeutic parent then? Well, to me, a therapeutic parent is somebody who is of that nature all the time. Right. Like they could have a child literally um, thrown a TV at them, you know, for the fiftieth time in a day, and then <laughs> you know they're they're just like, oh, that's you know. I can worry. understand you're quite angry, right? Now. Exactly. Yeah, that that sort of stuff. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, I just, well, I'm only saying it because you know it's happened. <laughs> it's happened no, no, it's well, just so. that it's that kind of that that limp sort but of. Like, I, can, I can see you're quite cross right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and also, I think that um, I I think because there's so many different styles of parenting. I mean, I God, I remember years ago where you know the first thing that. Um, when we went look for support from the adoption agency after the adoption order was granted, was um, they were offering us Webster Stratton, you know, with all the other parents who, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and we were like, what, what, you know, I mean, we, we were new parents, we weren't we weren't stupid, you know, we knew, you know, no offense to anybody who's had to do the Webster Stratton or who do does the Webster Stratton, it just didn't fit for what we needed because it wasn't a basic parenting techniques and you know skills that we needed, it was something different. Yeah. So I think for me, I I like to think it's of of a blended kind of approach to kind of you know this sort of stuff rather than labeling it, which is why I'm trying not to you know Label be it. specific and yeah be specific in what it is that I do because I think we do use elements of this and that and the next thing and also our own kind of learn techniques as well. Um, so I think for me, 
the therapeutic parenting model is it's very to me anyway it's very specific and it's very kind of you know but i could be wrong that's but that's the way i that's the way i i I, you know i understood it well it's interesting because um you would have thought there'd be an agreed definition because yeah. it's it's such in our common parlance in fostering adoption probably kinship as well or oh, we need we need to be therapeutic parents or you'll hear people say i don't know about people say it to you probably say it to me as well they'll say or oh, i've done therapeutic parenting or i am a therapeutic parent or i tried therapeutic parenting yeah. um, <clears throat> but i think one of the challenges we're, are we all thinking about different things mm. is it so I, we, I posed the question just like not in a, no, pretty open. What, what would you say is on our Facebook page? And I want to pull out some of the things that people said, because actually some of them were really, really good. Mm-hmm. And some of them were, and I don't want to kind of name and shame anyone, but and, and there was no one saying, there was, there was no like one fighting on our Facebook page. It's not that kind of, we don't have, it's not our jam, is it? Not that no, we have, we have, we like to have discussions. We may not always agree, but we all, you know. That's true. And um, and the, my favorite one is Mary Louise. And you know Mary Louise from We Are Family. I yeah. Right? And, I, and I was thinking, you know, Mary Louise is the only woman that's ever got me drunk. And I thought... <laughs> I, I was there. <laughs> how was it Mary Louise's fault? Because I think I got her drunk. And then the same token you got Yeah, drunk. when I say drunk, I had two pints of beer. Right, so exactly. this is... I don't want to lose my registration over that. Um, but I remember um, Zippy had to uh, literally wouldn't let me ride home on my bike. He had to, he, yeah. he had to oh, that take was a my good handle off. We should do that, that again. But Mary Louise said something fantastic and, and it really just it made me laugh. And this is Mary Louise for you. And if uh, you don't know who she is, then you shouldn't find out who she is. Um, she said, so I'd asked the question about what it is. And she said, good question. Uh, she was talking about uh, therapeutic parenting and good enough parenting she said both quite woolly terms hoping to empower parents and then she says and this is the good bit she says <laughs> you can read it can't you like can. porn like porn hard to define but you know it when you see it <laughs> but, <laughs> we'll have to take mary louise's oh, word for yeah that, i know then, yeah we'll have to have, well, i'm gonna have to have words with you mary louise well you know um, what these europeans are like um, oh i tell you yeah. so yeah um <laughs> But actually, she's not far off the mark, is she? To be fair, that's probably quite a, a really good description of it. <laughs> oh dear um, me! Yeah, and um, so that's—I um, might be blushing. Um, so that is quite good. Um, I mean, I was conscious that we don't start a war with the National Association of Therapeutic Parents. So I just want to disclaimer: we're not. Oh yeah, if it, no. If anyone, you know, we're not picking them up because I think that they're, they're, they're a really big community that a lot of people find really really helpful so that's really good mm. and off air I'll tell you about the time that I fell out with someone from that community anyway um that was a good story I'll tell that on when we do when we finally get around to doing our live shows I'll tell that story there um so uh, there was a really, uh, a really good one. Um, uh, uh, should I tell you, I've got a book, actually, a book uh, that I bought called um, The Handbook of Therapeutic Care for Children. And actually, it's not sort of, it's not a parent's book. It's a practitioner's book. So it's it's an academic book. Um, uh, and I don't mean that in, to sort of separate the parents and academics, but you know what I mean? It's not like a, <clears throat> a kind of a manual how to do therapeutic parenting. It's kind of an academic consideration of what therapeutic parenting is. And so there's, the book gives lots of definitions, but one I found really helpful, which is by um, 
I'll tell you who it's by because I'm gonna I'm gonna reference all of my things, uh, all of my quotes. It's by Mitchell Gucci, uh, sorry Mitchell Tucci and Mac McNamara. It says therapeutic care holds as its central tenet that children come to heal from trauma when the relationship network around them is resourced with therapeutic intent. Is that wishy-washy? Is that, or is that actually sort of getting to the crux of it, that it's about intent, it's about people trying to do something a bit different around healing children? What do you think of well, that then? I, I mean, you know me, like I just said, words and me don't get on that great. So I'm having to read it again. Um, yeah. So, and what does tenet mean? This just shows how thick I am. No, the, the central tenet, the central like kind of rule or the central um, right. belief or, or of therapy is that children come to heal from trauma when the relationship network found around them is resourced with therapeutic intent. Okay. See, I think that even just that first, the first part of that sentence is, uh, is a bit of an issue for me because, you know, if you, I, I'm sure that it's possible for some to heal from trauma, but not for all to heal from trauma. So that's the first issue that I would have for that sentence. <laughs> really so, interesting because other people picked that up in some of the comments. Yeah. I don't know whether you've read them. No, I haven't. Um. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. That actually reading the rest of it. That's that. That to me. So I, because it's not saying that some children. It's saying that, that children come to heal from trauma when the relationship network found them. Is resourced with therapeutic. Intent. Are we setting therapeutic parents up to fail? And if we're saying that I, children can heal, yeah. I mean, if you, yeah, if you, yeah, well. If you read that and you went by that as your gospel Bible or whatever, you know, then yeah, you probably would think, oh, I've failed yeah. before I've even started. Um, and there's this other thing as well, isn't there? You know, that, um, you know, and again, like you just said, you know, not distant away from anybody who does this or anybody who kind of, you know, trains in it and all that sort of stuff or does whatever it is that, you know, the mm -hmm. National Association for Therapeutic Parents does. But, um, I think for the majority of us, we didn't go into parenting, whether it's fostering, adoption, special guardian, thinking that we had to be therapeutic in any way. I think we just thought we were going to be parents. So then to get your brain to work out, you know, we have to do enough. That's a really good point. Enough, we have to adapt enough, as do our children, yes, before everybody starts. But as parents, we have to adapt enough to you know, to help our children just be, you know, just to enjoy their childhoods or, you know, whatever, without actually worrying about what kind of parent that looks like. So, yeah. Hmm. But, I mean, it's a really good point because actually it's the expectation that we're going to heal our children. And like you said, I didn't sign up to, I mean, I guess you expect to care for your children yeah, and nurture yeah. them and like create an environment where they can grow and develop and be the best they yeah. can be. But the healing something different, isn't it? It sort of implies yeah. that there's something broken. Absolutely, or, or yeah. damaged or hurt. Um, yeah. I, I'll read a comment from Miranda Fairhall, which is on one of the on either my Facebook page or the podcast, and she said, uh, "When I engaged in therapeutic parenting, I this I idealistically thought and hoped that this way of parenting meant I would heal my child, and this was oh. my naive understanding what it says <clears throat> on the label. Now I understand that I can't make healing happen; it will unfold in its own good time." when the conditions are favorable, that may not be until my child reaches adult, if ever, it's out of my control. Yeah. Um, and she goes on to talk about how, you know, 
she's not being able to provide these conditions necessarily because she's actually yeah having to just do parenting and yeah you know yeah. and and that's very true because i think you know and also well she, she's even said that because I'm, I'm reading as you as you were saying that you know her history as well you know how much has she been healed mm. from her own trauma to be able to help somebody you know ide ideally you know i always remember early years and you know he used to say there's no real reason why somebody couldn't couldn't become an adoptive parent um yeah as a result of their childhood trauma because actually sometimes that trauma can actually help but actually yeah. they need to be healed from their own first and you know how do we know we're healed until we experience you know um things that maybe are a trigger or you know some form of yeah post-traumatic stress response or something like that so that's that's a really interesting point um because until you know you don't know do you yeah i mean i i just think that that is it's really made me think about therapeutic parenting differently that that comment and sort of just the conversation but also this this notion that actually what are we actually expecting of of parents of children with additional needs or children who've, who've experienced adversity and trauma what mm, complicated uh, just to sort of perhaps counter that so the reason i used i threw in good enough because good enough is something that social workers will be really familiar with but good enough is mm. this idea that we're from winnicott and i'll give you a quote directly from winnicott which is again dr winnicott was a pediatrician and a, a child psychotherapist and so this is a direct quote so it's, it uses the word mother but I, you know it's of its time so you'll have yeah. it, it's mum dad care or whatever uh, the good enough mother is one who makes active adaptation to the infant's needs an active adaptation that gradually lessens according to the infant's growing ability to account for failure of adaptation and to tolerate the results of frustration and i read that and i thought right so that is saying that it's a pair a good parenting is parenting that adapts to a child's needs because there was a few comments that were people saying, oh, well, good enough parenting is this food, water, like, and, yeah. and actually he's, he's saying, well, sometimes that you can be a good parent and be in famine, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so he's sort of saying that the standard for parenting for good enough parenting is, I would almost describe that as a definition of, of good therapeutic parenting. Mm -hmm. You adapt to a child's needs when and as the child's needs change, you change, you lessen that your support to allow children to stretch into that void. You know, you pull back a little bit so they push forward. So like you you get them on a bus, you get you teach them to make their dinner by not making yes, their dinner. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, I actually that's just completely clicks with me. The only thing I would say, but by definition of uh, not definition, but just even the wording itself though, I mean, you know, there's a lot been happening in the world since that was written if he's you know the way he's written right. it yeah. calling it an infant for a start you know we, how when was the last time anybody called anybody an infant i don't know is that still a thing uh maybe in sort of technical circles maybe medically oh, okay well see, schools you get infants don't you in juniors but yeah but again that's an old-fashioned term isn't it because is it that, i don't know well, well yeah that's schools have been called that for decades so i would i'd be questioning the kind of um, thinking about the the stuff that's happened since that was written in terms of you know generation generational change and, yeah you know all that sort of stuff but actually if if what you've just said there at the last bit about you know allowing your child to 
kind of move on by you stepping back. If that's what we're defining as therapeutic parenting, then I'm the most amazing therapeutic parent in the world. <laughs> well, there's a fine line between good enough and but, neglect. Very fine. Well, line yeah, I don't know. But I'm just I'm I'm thinking about Jacob as an example because Jacob is a he he wants to be very independent all the time, and there does come a time where you have to say, okay, you you, you obviously don't want me to help you with that, and you want to be this. So by giving him the tools to do the things that he wants and you know a prime example would be when we moved to this house we moved out of town um it was either we gave him lifts or he got the bus um and the amount of times that he was you know just constantly ringing for a lift constantly ringing for a lift because he you know he likes to be with his friends and yeah and that's all fine that's that's fine that's that's part you know it's we knew, we know normal, isn't it, yeah. that stuff. but actually when you're having to go into town three or four times a day <laughs> to get him that becomes an issue so rather than you know rather than restricting his movements because actually you know we had no choice but to move out here because you know there was no place you know available blah, 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 yeah. all that sort of thing. but there's a bus service so actually why not trust him enough to say okay there is a bus service so if you're going to do this this or this you need to get the bus home if you're going to do that that or that then we'll come and collect you kind of thing so it's kind of choosing whether that was important enough for him to get a bus and from there he has developed his independent skills so you know you've if, stepped if, back and he's had yeah, to step forward and absolutely and the rate and speed and age of that and what the, the whatever the specific subject is to my mind when we think you know and i guess there's some other comments and i think there's a good one from ellie costello who we had on recently you know square peg um who was a fantastic guest and if you want to listen to that episode please do because she was an awesome guest was and i think we talked to her for about an hour afterwards and she was she just had us in tears didn't she she was yeah. amazing she fried our noodles um and she said in terms of um therapeutic parents she said is drawing on evidence back to neuroscientific approaches proven to con contain and heal early trauma and toxic relational wounds it's grounded in the science of attachment containment interpersonal neurobiology attunement reciprocity I mean, this is the quality of our listeners, yeah, isn't it? And this is the quality of our and comments. And guests. Uh, and guests, you know, on another, another Facebook page, you might be going, you okay, hun? Uh, but here, <laughs> but, but an hour, we're better class of comments. Um, <laughs> That's half my Facebook friends. Don't slag them all. <laughs> yeah. Lol. Um, Lol. <laughs> um, it stands on the shoulders of ordinary good enough parenting. It adds an additional layer of tools and informed understanding to reach a child who's been let down by adults and is withdrawn, distrustful, harmed, and acute level of care. I tell you, if everyone, someone needed to replace me on the podcast, it's her. Um, but I think that's I, really no, interesting. I think, it, Could, I think it would be me she'd replace, not you, because I, oh, I wouldn't be able to come out with stuff like that. <laughs> I think that's really that's really interesting, isn't it? Because she's sort of saying she's sort of saying, yeah, absolutely. This this attuned mm. parenting, which we've described, but it's maybe that next level, yeah, that, that builds yeah. on it. But it's she sort of still hangs on that. We're going to do the healing, doesn't she? Yeah. In that definition. Oh yeah, and I think the attunement bit is quite important as well because you know you like we all know our children. We all know when they're ready to make those steps into whatever it is that they're going to do and stuff like that um and sometimes it might not be the right time and you know we 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 might be more inclined to get involved in it with them or you know whatever i'm I'm kind of talking about independence and stuff like that which i think is at the moment for me it's quite a big thing because obviously we're in 
last year of high school and you know things are going to be moving on so we're, we're getting ready for that next level of independence so i think that's really at the forefront of my mind for the you know this year but i think when we you know when you think about that there's we 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 tend to know what they're ready for by the time they get to adulthood and whether there were seven or eight or two or three when they were placed for adoption as you know into the families mm-hmm. i think you do get to know that quite quickly as well because i think that you if if well for the for the most part anyway with the exception of maybe some parents who you know aren't that way inclined to be the proper parent they should be yeah. i think that we do learn very quickly because we you know we 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 care about these children and we want them to be as independent as possible or live the lives that they, they, you know, we want, they want to live kind of thing. So I think that's quite an important part for us to understand as parents that, you know, we're never going to push them, you know, like when we were kids, as an example, we're not going to say to them when they're 18, right, off you go, see you later, bye, see you, see you on Sunday for your Sunday roast kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying my parents did that, but that's why I, I moved out when I was 18. That's kind of, yeah. It's normal for that time, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. So, you know, I think that's quite an important thing to recognize within ourselves that actually you know we will know the stage that our child is at um you know it's like does that create attention then because i was thinking i I think it can do yeah i think it can do i think where this all this thinking started was i had i had a session with them a group of parents i'm working with beacon family services bit of a plug there go on the website and um and, and that's the first time i've even called them the right name even though i've been working with them for a year i i keep calling them lighthouse beacon shiny whirly gig i have no idea um oh but, but we've been doing work with families and we've and it's, it's a mixed group as well so it's not just adopters it's kinship mm. biological parents and it's about kind of supporting families with children with complex needs and challenging behavior um and it was just this kind of this conversation that we had and maybe there was about 15 of us on i was going you know we're we are um we're parenting counterculturally that we were often out at odds with not just the parents of children the same age, you know, the, the the parents of our children's classmates, but also against society. So, you know, like you're saying there, you were talking about independence, and it, mm. and I, I'm remindful of a, a similar story with one of my children, where that she was of an age where most children would be able to get a bus. Um, now, in lots of ways, very able to get a bus, but actually, the the kind of the emotion, the sort of the level of stress that that would generate in my child would mean that that yeah. would then lead into kind of problematic <laughs> oh. potential challenges on the bus or getting off the bus or staying on the bus or just riding the bus till the end of the, to the terminal. And so then a social worker sort of coming to me and going, actually, why won't you let him get on a bus? Yeah. And me going, well, I've got all these reasons. And, and so that, and then <laughs> me having to articulate why. Yeah. Yeah. I, I told you, you want to paint me as a controlling parent. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but and I'm not. But, I'm just yeah. no, you're not. But but the, the, well, but sometimes you do need to point it out to you that actually, you know, it's not that you don't necessarily trust them. It's just you don't think that perhaps at that stage yet. And it's it is it is a tricky thing to do. You know, I think it is. But it's no different to when our children have their own children. I'm thinking, you know, about my oldest at the minute. You know, he's he's now 25. He's now 25. He's just had his first child, and of course, I think before. Um, they were they. I say they because I don't want to mention her names particularly because I don't think that's fair. Um, but before they got pregnant, 
it was like, wow, you know, we, us and our friends are all about how they're a bit young, you know, they're a bit young, a bit young to be doing that sort of stuff. Not really thinking about the fact that, you know, my parents had me when they were 22 and 23, you know, so much younger. Yeah. But um, it, it's a similar kind of thing. Um, but then when it happened and you see how responsible, not all of them, let's be honest, because, you know, there are, yeah. there are some adoptive parents who are caring, or parenting their yeah. grandchildren now. Yeah. I get, I get that. Um, but certainly for us, it was there was this turning point where we actually went, oh, okay, he, he potentially is ready for that. And you know, that's that's the way that one went. But it's not for everybody. I know um, I'm morphing now, but it's one of those situations where you do have to kind of go, okay, we need to take a step back. We're, we're still in, you know, we're still in the lives and all that sort of stuff. We're still here if you need us and blah, blah, blah. Um, well, that, which is that sort of a manifestation of, uh, I mean, we are, so let's, let's redefine. You are, you and Teresa are attuned parents. I would say that you have a good understanding of your children. You adapt your, your parenting to suit their needs. And I think like every parent, sometimes you're a bit behind the curve with the, that adaptation mm. <laughs> and, yeah. and occasionally ahead of the curve. Um, <laughs> Agreed. And, uh, you know, and there's been mm-hmm. things where I, I should have kind of like just let that happen sooner, but then just because of our, the complexity of our children, does that mean that we're then that parenting, as it rolls beyond 18, mm. that we set with new challenges, actually, that comes a moment where we do have to just go, right, you are literally on your own now. You, you, yeah. I can't be a helicopter parent. Or, or, does therapeutic parent turn us into helicopter parents? Is that the question yeah. I'm asking? Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I think uh, I, I not think necessarily it's, you, I, but think about the no, community because no, no, you're, I think you're tapped into the community. What about people you're seeing as well? Well, I think so, it's interesting because I think when they don't live with you, you can be like that. But I think you can select when you want to be like that. <laughs> I, like but that. I think I, I think when they live with you, I think that's very different. You know, when you've got, you know, my own experiences having a twenty-four year old still living with us, and uh, I don't have to, and I certainly don't tell him what time he's got to be up and I don't wake him and all that sort of stuff but Tris can be like that a little bit so you know if he doesn't hear any footsteps at half past six when he's supposed to be getting ready to go to work he's like messaging him going are you awake kind of thing <laughs> whereas I'm, I'm like still snoring my head off and I'm like I don't, I, I can it's, not my, it's not my responsibility if he gets to work or not. <laughs> busy night cruising <laughs> <laughs> on the heath, yeah. on the heath. <laughs> but you know what i mean like there, there are certain things and i think that's where um you know as as you know if you're lucky lucky enough to be in, in you know a, a, a couple based parenting style you know some there's always going to be one of one and one of the other and that's it um i i tend to be the one that you know i'm as they grow and as they develop um into kind of fine young adults um i think actually i'd i kind of step back a little bit still do little bits for them because they live at home um but i'm not going to i'm not going to dictate to them you know well you know you're 24 years old yes you're going out for a night with your mates make sure you're home by this time or you know that time or the next time my only thing that i do is i remind them that my phone goes on to do not disturb overnight so if they want to get in touch with me they've not got any hope because i've noticed that yeah i've noticed that you get do not no notifications, but there's a button I can press that overrides that. You know that, don't yeah. you? My well, phone. I'm never, I'm never doing that. <laughs> no, no, it, I can like. There's a button that says you can make this notification come through anywhere. Oh, really? Oh. I don't know why that is. My phone, anyway. So that's yeah. why sometimes yeah. at six o'clock in the morning, I'll give you a ping. 
Yes, I know. And I noticed if I text you at half past ten at night when you're fast asleep and you're little <laughs> flea flea pit, that um, it says Al <laughs> has notifications turned off. So, yeah, you're sending me uh, login passwords for the new Zoom account. Absolutely, um, yeah. Which, but oh. I think I, I, I. I think you could talk about this one and you could go up to the age of, you know, 40 and 50 and discussing it. But I think that, you know, certainly when they're younger adults, I think that um, the temptation is to helicopter parent for everything. But I think it's, again, there comes a stage where you have to go, actually, do you know what? They're 21 or 22 or 23 or 25, whatever, whatever age you want to go up to. Um, But you can't keep on kind of putting yourself through that you know yeah. as well because yeah yeah it comes you're still at the end of the day yeah. but you know it's it's like some, sometimes sometimes you do have to kind of take that step back for your own mental mm. health you can't keep on you know um which sort of fixing. leans into the comment by um uh miranda on the facebook is that ta- that idea that actually we, we do our best mm. but uh, the responsibility for healing is is, is maybe a we're part of that picture, but it's not our, it doesn't let rest solely on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, but it actually in having this conversation, it's made me sort of think through actually, I sort of, I have sort of a working definition of therapeutic parenting in my head now. That's sort of halfway between good enough parent, it's good enough parenting plus that it's informed by science rather than just just standard attunement. It's just, it's a sort of an, it's a it's a parenting informed by science, but the other thing I would also take off, which is is that idea that you you are not responsible for the healing. Because actually, I'm not sure that it's particularly healthy. I don't know. Mm. It does put a, a, yeah. I was going to say it puts a lot of pressure on people to to feel that they have to. Not that they have to, because I think we all want to. We'd all love to just be able yeah. to wave a magic wand, wouldn't we? But I think putting that pressure on on a parent to heal their child from the the traumas that they've experienced is a lot. And I think that I think for, if you if you think outside of your family unit and you know the the kind of therapies and counselling and all that sort of stuff that you can access these days, I think that's probably going to be more helpful. Or in addition to you know good parenting, shall we say? Um, and realistic parenting as well. Scott Cassanelli, um realistic <laughs> well, parenting for beginners. Scott, Ca- we, should, we should start a course, can <laughs> Scott Cassanelli, um tired parenting for for um, you we readopters. Yeah, you made me lose my thought, my thought process now. But yeah, but, no, I mean, I think there's there's loads of really interesting, and I guess I would like to. I, I do not need to kind of draw the conversation out, but I think that if no. people are interested, I will put a link to the, the comments in our Facebook pages because actually there's loads of people and I, there's too many to name who've, you know, Elaine Amy's in there, um, mm. Becky Poole, um, uh, Nikki Lawrence, loads of different people have kind of come in with a different slant. It's really interesting yeah. to see that actually something for a phrase that's used so widely, there's actually no real consensus on what we're even talking about. And some you can mm. see some people like literally rolling their eyes at the very mention of it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I think it's really healthy to sort of just question what, what the hell do we mean by therapeutic parenting? I, I think I've probably told you this before, but I think sometimes it's, I don't want to, I don't want to be cynical, but I think sometimes 
the worst case manifestation is that a local authority says, well, we put you on a therapeutic parenting training course. Therefore, what's the problem? Um, yeah. And the other one is that people write a book and call it therapeutic parenting and it, it kind of catches that tidal wave and it taps into people's <laughs> desire to be one. And, you know, maybe there's lots of answers to that. Hey, cool. Well, that's interesting. There you go. That's a good, that's an interesting, arrest, an interesting yeah. conversation, actually. It's got me thinking, really. So, yeah. And, so and I think as well, well, I was just going to say, because I don't hear too much about therapeutic parenting these days. So is it, you know, is it something that is used as much as it was a couple of years ago in terms of discussions? Because I, I mean, well, I don't use Twitter stroke X as much as I used to do. Um, I mean, you used to have, you know, really kind of thoughtful and fruitful conversations there about things like that. So is it just the case that we're not being as social anymore and we're not talking about it or has it still been kind of mm. discussed in the same way or i think facebook has uh, sort of replaced has become the place to have those conversations i think that yeah. twitter is just people are not going to play nice on twitter and no. so if you mention adoption you're going to get you're going to get a, a level of sort of uh, i'm going to say not going to say vitriol i'm going to say people sort of searching the word adoption and then sort of jumping onto that timeline and regardless of what the conversation's about or the context right. of the that they're gonna they're gonna drive the conversation a certain way and it could not necessarily get pre on facebook that doesn't seem to happen anywhere near as much if at all so it's a bit of a safer place but it's a bit more you've got to say who you are on facebook yeah, or yeah. it's a bit more effort to be private isn't it so i think yeah true, that's yeah. good so Ooh, how my the part, tables turn Oh, how the tables turn um, down with the kids. And so my question then is, would you then, having had that conversation, would you then actually consider yourself to be a therapeutic parent? Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Nice so to chat. Gonna... See you later. <laughs> yeah. Well, bon Jovi. That's this week's therapy. <laughs> yeah. And how do you feel about that? <laughs> Don't but social really. work me, Coates. But how... Are Don't you social work really? me, Colts. Really? So this is all, all, I, all we I do is wait. we just learn four how to say time. the same thing. What? Where are you time. going now? No, no. Four weeks time, you're going to be on your own. And I'm going to have to ring you every day to make sure you feed the cats and the dog. <gasps> oh, I know. I know. She's going. Oh, she messaged me. She messaged me. Don't you worry. What did she message you? Yeah. What did she Shall say? Read gonna... Yeah, read me the message. No, don't, <laughs> no, don't read the message. <laughs> Oh no, I've got to, I've got to, dear listener, you're about to have an insight into the courts' life. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm, I'm, with fear and trepidation, I listen. Ah, <laughs> oh, where is it? Ah, uh, 23rd of January. So that's last week. Yeah, so. Yeah. Came home from hotels. Cats were starving. Dogs had no water. When I get home from Australia, they will all be dead. <laughs> Just, yeah. Yeah. So if, if you are thinking to get rid of a few animals, I would get rid of them rather than kill them. That's what I'm saying. The dogs have got a good chance of surviving. Uh, the cats, <laughs> there's a, a sort of a, there's, there's a bit of a standoff going to go on. I'm going to feed them once a day. And if they don't want to eat it, that's fine. I have to admit to being the very same with my cats. And if you do know what, well, I, as in, I don't overfeed. I came back yesterday and all the cat bowls were like, like volcanoes full of biscuits. Yeah. 
<laughs> because oh, you know, a teenager and a young adult just go, oh, do you know what? If they don't, you know, just it'll save us doing it every day, every day. Yeah, um, yeah, they'll they'll get weaker and weaker. Exactly, yeah, but they don't like to eat like that. Um, so, so it's like, I just have to, that's what I thought of yesterday. I saw that, I was like, that'll be Alan in four weeks' time. And just say, yeah. oh, do you know what? I'll just leave the bag lying on the floor and they can help themselves. I'll just, it, it will be like spitting sawdust in here. I'll just, yes. I'll just open the bag and empty it on the carpet and just say, uh, crack on. Um, no. Oh, that is, a, that is actually a vision that I can see happening as well. That's the, that's the issue. Yeah, it is interesting. I'm trying. I work out I've got some work things I've got to do so I'm trying to work out what to do with a 12 year old like I'm, can I put her in the airing cupboard with a block of cheese and some water Is that... I'm sure that would be absolutely not fine not fine so she might have to not accompany to me to some of some yeah. things no she's uh, yeah. it's all sorted we've 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 negotiated with some of her siblings so that's absolutely yeah. fine yeah so I'm not I'm going to kind of be my little wings are going to be clipped a little and I'm going to be in charge of making sure the dogs and the kids and Anne are all They're fed all... and Careful. Yeah. Be steak every have to put a penny on. Yeah, yeah. You have to put your little penny on of an evening, and you know. Yeah, I I, it's odd because it's, these, it. my, it's it's odd because these children that I've literally raised, and I was a full time dad for quite a while. Yeah, like you, and then yeah. they've sort of got to be young adults, and they're kind of going, "But how's dad going?" I literally <laughs> raised you. I would make your breakfast, your dinner, your tea every night. I would, you know, I would change your uh -huh. nappies. I would wash your. I don't think I. Would, Washing was still probably much pause. I would do all of that stuff. And they're in their heads, they're 18 and have gone, oh, dad might die in three days. Yeah, going, absolutely. Yeah. Cheeky rascals. So I'm going to teach yeah. them. I'm going to be I'm going to be cooking. We're going to yeah. be having foie gras for dinner and, and uh, mussels in white wine on a Wednesday. You know, it's going to be yeah. absolute living like a king. We'll get a chandelier like you. It'd be I'm, wonderful. A, a candelabra, not a chandelier. A, a can, we're going to have a candelabra. We'll be drinking wine out of, the deer horn goblets, we'll, yeah, goblets. goblets. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, it, it's going to be like a Jacobean banquet every night for tea. Yeah, um, and th yeah, that reminds me of a funny story earlier. So we have both come back. Um, I suspect I had COVID at the, <laughs> at the end of the cruise. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and um, I shook off because obviously just lie in a sunbed. Shook it off. Shook <laughs> off. <laughs> I don't know. Seriously, I was ill. I was very ill for a couple of days, um, but now Tris has the worst COVID known to man. I, like literally, he has the very first new, of this new variant that he's discovered. Of course, he has what the the cruise variant. <laughs> yeah, and he came down to the kitchen as I was cooking dinner tonight, and he said, oh, "I'm really sorry. I've been quite useless today." And I'm like, "You're quite useless to every day, yeah." And we noticed the difference. He got, now. he got he got rather offended because he said, well, "I'm really sorry, you have to do everything around the house." And I'm like, "Well, nothing's changed, love. Just because just because you've got COVID." <laughs> yeah, we've been missing the grumpy person. That, that, that's exactly. the thing. No one's been able to be grumpy today. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. I did love. I, I maybe end on this, and I don't want to draw you out onto the rocks and your embarrassment of your cruise. But there was, it was clearly you were having a fantastic time because there was a couple of photographs of you looking slightly the worse for wear. Really, and that, me? That, that, yeah, and it coincided with me trying a, a rearranged training whilst in a blackout with torrential yes. rain, and me mm -hmm. ringing round looking for hotels that could take a woman in a wheelchair and a twelve-year-old. Yeah, a, I. More, yeah, uh, I do feel for you. Um, and um, again, not going to draw it like out. hell you did. Um, <laughs> but there was one text that I did laugh at when I read it the next morning that I sent you after one of said for said for said evenings. Um 
and it was i'm just trying to find it now oh i do apologize i don't like um this is this is podcast gold this isn't it man oh, no, so, so this, through this is the original message so so you've cancelled the podcast zoom question mark i said um same issue for us today in fairness because we were doing some training and we had to use a new zoom yeah, yeah. i said apologies he put just kidding and i put so it's 2344 here because bear in mind we were three hours ahead of you as well yeah yeah <laughs> And I did explain this in our WhatsApps, fool, and you put arse. <laughs> and then you put, I'm screenshotting this and posting it. Well, <laughs> I have to say <laughs> that some of, the, some of the things you screenshot are just hilarious because you, you actually make people laugh at you, know what I mean? So, you know, it worked. That's all I'm saying. Right. Okay. Well, on, on that note, that bombshell, mm. the last Before podcast because we we've fallen out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, good chat. Uh, yeah, it was good chat. Excellent chat. And it, oh, I've just remembered I've got a po- uh, foster carer from Germany who's going to come on. A German mm, foster carer. That's got uh, that email as well. Yeah. Yes, that's exciting. You do. Anyway. You do know that I get the emails as well, don't you? I just have no idea that you read yeah. them. Yeah. I well, because they're all on my phone. You see, so they like I see uh, them all. Uh, Whereas I think you log into the computer to do it, don't you? Whereas I have them all on my no, phone. You see. Yeah, but I don't have my email notifications. I'm the different. Uh, uh, see, we're, we're opposites. See, that's why. It oh, works. the uh-huh. yin and the yang. And the yang. The, the ding good and the dong. <laughs> and on that bombshell, <laughs> Bon Jovi. Anchovy. Anchovy.